For those of you who don't know uh, Joseph and Lena, Joseph and Lena lived uh, just a little bit north of here, up in Centralia, and Joseph and Lena had the American dream. Uh, their family has a very successful business, and um, they, they have the American dream. And they were here, living here. Uh, Joseph was working for this company, and, and they had that. And they walked away from it. They walked away from it because the Lord called them to do it. And because they were willing to do what the Lord said to do, God is touching so many lives through them. But first of all, I want to share with you that it comes with sacrifice. Uh, Nikki and I have, have been to India, and India is not like America. Uh, they do not have the, the comforts and so on that we have. Um, they, uh, um, air conditioning does exist, but it's not very prevalent. They live most of their life in the heat. And um, for meals, they have rice. And if things are really good, they may get some meat, but usually not. Uh, all the sugar and stuff that we just enjoy on a constant basis, it's not there. <laughs> It's not there, but they have chosen to live without all of those things because God called them to. And I got to say, when you look at their faces, it's worth it. It's worth it because when you experience what God wants to do through you, when you say yes to him, you're going to say it's worth it. No one ever made sacrifices to the Lord and, and followed Him and trusted Him at the end and said it wasn't worth it. Read your word. It's full of testimonies of people over and over of proclaiming what God did through them. But what I want to share with you this morning is He's not just calling them to it. It's calling each one of us to, to that. And when I you know, look at them and I see this living example, people that I know living it out. It just, it encourages me to say yes. Because here's the thing, there's part of you that's going to want to say no. And here's the reason that part of you is going to want to say no. Because God is calling you to sacrifice and to love others, and not everyone is going to reciprocate that. And you've experienced that before in your life. Uh, um, if you're uh, very old at all, you have experienced when you've given to someone, you've shown love, and they have not reciprocated. They've just taken and, you know, just moved on. Well, that's not going to change. That's going to continue to happen. But here's the thing. The thing is, is that there are going to be those. There are going to be those that you touch, that they receive it and they say, I want to do that. I want to share that love with others as well. And that's not only going to change their life because you were willing to let God change your life, but that's going to change somebody else's life and that's going to change somebody else's life and on and on it goes. But if you and I say no, we stop it. We stop what God did. What did Jesus do? Jesus gave his life. That's what, all, that's what communion was all about. Jesus gave his life for us. He sacrificed in order to change our life. Now, some people reject that. As a matter of fact, a lot of people reject that. But you know what? Some people don't. Some people receive it and they allow it to change them and that will go and change others. But we've got to be willing to say yes. You know, this week I was um, 
meeting with someone and um, I had met with them before and just trying to share some things with them, some things that would uh, bless them. And I wasn't getting anything out of it. I wasn't receiving any money. No, you know, it's not, no glory. Nobody knows about it, anything like that. But I just felt it was something that God was calling me to do was to pour into this person. So we had met and it just it went really well. And so we had another time and we were going to meet. And um, I had some other things that came up during the time that I was supposed to meet with them. But I really felt like God was saying, no, I, I need to protect this. So I said no to some other things and other people were disappointed. But I, I felt like I needed to say yes to this. And so the time came and I was waiting on them and they didn't show. Five minutes went by, 10 minutes went by, 15 minutes. Suddenly I get a text. Oh, sorry, I'm not going to make it. <sighs> I, 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 I made sacrifices. <laughs> I'm not getting anything out of this. This is all for you. And you didn't, you just, you just didn't show. Okay, well, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, get all upset and whatever. I'm just, you know, okay, well, well, let's, let's set another time. Okay, so, so we do that. So we set another time and it comes that time and they did show. <laughs> they did show, and they brought a little distraction with them so that uh, we would really not get anywhere. And I'd done all this preparation, and, and I'd done it for the first time, but I had to redo it because I wanted to be ready, you know? I, I didn't want to just show up. I, I wanted to be ready, and, and it was for nothing. And afterwards, I just kind of sat there. I'm just like, God, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> You're calling me to this, but, but what's the point? Here's the point. The point is, is that right then in that moment, they weren't ready to say yes. And maybe they never will. I don't know. But you know what? On down the road, they might. Because I don't know about you, but I didn't say yes to God the first time. And even when I did say yes to God, I said no sometimes after that. And you know what God continued to do? He continued to pursue me. He still does. He continues to pursue me. Listen, God is calling you um, to share love with some very specific people. You know who they are. You know who they are. And some of those people, you're like, I just, they're just, uh. you know how many times, Lord, I've loved on them. I've given them time. I, I've, and, and they, they don't change. <laughs> they just take and they just go on. Now, for some of those people, the Lord's telling you to, to, to step back and let it be for a while, Okay. Because I need to be open to that. Because if I'm constantly pouring into people that are not willing to receive it, I'm not able to pour into people who are willing to receive it. So we need to be open. We need to listen to the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is we get to that point where we just say, you know what, I'm tired of it. I'm going to live for me. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that, you know, I get my piece of the pie. Well, guess what? That pie was made by the Lord... And he's the one that gives all of it. You don't own any of it. You know, as I think about my life, I, all the blessings I have are built on sacrifices of others. Uh, you know, and, and again, it starts with Jesus. He loved us when we are un, were unlovable. He continues to love us when we are unlovable. But even then, when I look at my life, I am blessed because there were others that took that example and began to give to me. Um, and this morning, what I want to do is, I want to look at a scripture where this is talked about. 
It's in the early church. It's in the book of Acts. And it really talks about how people were willing to make sacrifices to love others because of the sacrifice that they had seen in Jesus. And in both examples that I'm going to talk about, the Holy Spirit had just come upon these people. And the result of that was they just began to love unselfishly. That's what began to come out of them. If you've experienced the Holy Spirit in your life, and and that happens when you receive Jesus, there is nothing like the experience of the Holy Spirit. Nothing. There's nothing in this world like it. I don't care what you've experienced. There is nothing like the Holy Spirit within you. I, I mean, it's just there's nothing to compare it to. I mean, it's, 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 it's not just happiness. It's like utter joy when the Holy Spirit is moving within you. Well, guess what? When you do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do, what that does is it just releases the power of the Holy Spirit within you. And the result is you get to experience the love that you're giving. And so that's what the early church was doing. I want to go to that. I want to look at that. I want to talk a little bit about that. And then I want to talk about what that looks like in our life. I want to go to Acts chapter 4. And in Acts chapter 2, there's a similar passage to this um, that happens right after the Holy Spirit comes on the early church when the Holy Spirit first came. But then in Acts chapter 4, we find this other occurrence where the people are just really seeking after God and we see another outpouring of Holy Spirit. In verse 31, it says, After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And you just think about that. Think about this ground shaking right here. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the Word of God with boldness. Because that's what Holy Spirit does. He shares about Jesus. And He's looking for vessels. Are you willing to be that vessel? Well, the early church was. And I want you to hear what began to happen in them in verse 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Now what I love about this passage is that it not only talks about people sharing Jesus, speaking, okay? This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus has done. This is what Jesus wants to do in your life. But with that, you had examples of them living out what a changed life looks like. I don't know about you, but that's what speaks to me. You ever had somebody preaching to you that's not living it out? You know, I think about what Daniel was saying, you know, when you're in a time of discouragement, mourning, and somebody's preaching to you. And usually that person that's doing that is not living it out. Now, maybe they can see what would help us, but they're not living it out. 
That's not what God calls us to. Uh, I mean, during the time of Jesus in the early church, that's what the religious leaders were doing. And it wasn't changing anybody. I, I mean, I don't need more advice. What I need is an example. I need an example of someone who is walking it out. And thankfully, I have that. George and Lena, they're younger than I am, or about the same age, and they're an example to me. They are living it out, and it pushes me. And I say, if they can do it, why can't I do it? And when I think about my life, I've had those examples of blessing. But there's that temptation, and this is where the enemy comes to us. Glasses are down. All right. This is where the enemy comes to us. Because again, there are times where, and everybody goes through this, where we've loved and we've shared and someone's just taken and, and not reciprocated. And in that moment, the, the, the enemy comes and says, see, that's what everybody's like. You need to just stop. You need to just start worrying about yourself and make sure that you get your piece of the pie. But when we do that, what we do is we say no to Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit is the one who is giving to us. Holy Spirit is the one where, where blessing comes from. God is the creator and owner of everything. There is nothing that I have that is my own. It has all come from God. But you know what? It came through God using people. Some of you maybe knew uh, my wife's grandmother. My wife's grandmother was one of those women that would wash a bread sack so that she could reuse it. Um, she lived in a home that her and her husband built, and I remember the, the furniture in there wasn't bad, but it was older than I was, okay? Um, when I think about uh, the meals that she would cook, they were amazing. The pots and pans, I mean, those things had to be 100 years old. They weren't the latest and the greatest, but you know what? Here's the thing. She would sacrifice. She would sacrifice. And then you know what she would do with that sacrifice? She would give to others. Even her old age, uh, she was thankfully able to drive. She would drive other people that were sometimes younger than her and couldn't drive to their appointments and different things. But you know what? She also blessed Nikki and I. Not only was she an example in that way, but I can remember when we had uh, left our first ministry and we were not in a great financial place and we were trying to start this new business and we had our first child, we had Montana, she gave us a vehicle. We were in a place where we didn't have great vehicles and she's like, here you go. Now, how was she able to do that? Because she was making sacrifices in other places. That's why she was able to do that. She didn't do it grudgingly. She wasn't now, now you kids, you know, you start acting right and whatever. She was just like, here you go. I want to love you. That spoke to me. There have been others that have done things in my life. I mean, Nikki's dad, for instance, um, he's someone that makes sacrifices. That guy could drive any vehicle that he wants. He drives a Toyota Camry because he wants to be able to use resources for other things. My grandfather, my grandfather bought his clothes at the Goodwill. If I ever ate an apple off the tree, I would get in trouble because I should be eating the apples on the ground that have rotten spots and cut the rotten spots out. I, I mean, th that, that's who he was. But you know what? He was supporting ministries in India. 
He was supporting ministries around the state. He was making sacrifices so that he could pour into others. You know, I remember a time when um, um, we were here and um, we, uh, our, our family was expanding. We, we were at number three. And we tried to get them all in the back seat, but when you would shut the door, it would have to lift one of the car seats up and kind of slam it, you know, to, to get it in. Montana was loving us at that time, you know. She had these two uh, twerp uh, siblings on both sides of her, and she was there in the middle. And so we realized we needed to move up. We needed to get a van. Well, we couldn't afford anything great, but we, we found this, you know, used van. And at that time, you know, Nikki's working in St. Louis uh, one day a week. And as she began to do that, the time came when that thing started to break down. <laughs> it started to break down on her trips back and forth to St. Louis. Okay, that's not good. You know, young mom breaking down, uh, you know, that, that, that would start to worry you. Well, what are we going to do? Well, we're still not in the best financial place. And out of nowhere, someone comes and says, you know what? We're going to help you get a van that's reliable. I, just, just out of nowhere. And from that, and the reason that they were able to do that is because they were living humbly themselves. They were making sacrifices in order to be able to do that. What's that done to me? What's that done to my heart? Well, it's shown me examples of, making, of people making sacrifices so that they can give to others. And now God says to me, Kirk, I want you to give. And yes, I have this temptation, you know, love without risk. Guess what? There is no such thing. There is always risk. You know, Scripture talks about even the pagans love those who love them. Anybody can do that. But for those who truly follow God, what's the mark? The mark is, are you able to love people who don't love you back? Because it's not easy. I wrestle with it. But that's what God's calling me to do. He's calling me to love and not just love by not hurting them. <laughs> like love, like really love them. Giving to them. Even when they take and don't give back. And, and again, I, we need to ask God about that. But what I'm saying is we take the risk. We love people. And sometimes people aren't going to reciprocate. But sometimes, sometimes it's going to change their life. My life has been changed because of Jesus, but because of others saying yes to Jesus and being an example to me. And now I'm at a place where God is saying, love others. He's always been saying that. But, you know, the enemy's there and he's saying, okay, you know, hold on. Don't, don't, don't take a risk. You know, right now, Nikki and I are, are, are praying about opening up our home. And... In the midst of that, I could radically change our lives. Radically change our lives. And what's that involve? I have no idea. It comes down to me either saying yes to the Lord or no. That, that's what it comes down to. Because I don't know what the future looks like. But who am I to say this is mine? It's not. God's the one that's given it to me. And that's what the early church was about. Now, I want to talk about something. Because we see a poor example of this in the world. What they were doing in the church was they were saying, God, show me people that I should bless so that I could go bless them. Now, 
We're shown the opposite of this in the world. What we're shown in the world is, um, I'm going to look around and see who has something I want, and I'm going to look for a way to take that. Okay? This, this example here is not the first example of a communist society. Okay? Communism is about those in power looking at what they want and deciding to take it or deciding who's going to get it. That's not what was going on here. This was completely voluntary. People were looking around and they were deciding, God, show me people that I can give to. And the reality is, is that not everybody's going to follow suit. If you flip over to the next chapter, uh, you have the example of Ananias and Sapphira, who they don't fully give themselves over. They try to be phonies. They try to, to act like they're giving something that they're not. And it's ridiculous because... It, it, just be honest about it. There are going to be those who don't follow suit. But you know what? You can't control them. What you can control is yourself. And so here's what God's calling us to, every one of us. Look around and look for people that God would have you bless. Now, also with that, look for ways that you can sacrifice. And don't do this. Don't judge other people for their choices and sacrifices. You know, we all choose to sacrifice differently. Uh, Nikki's grandmother that, that would, you know, wash her bread sacks and all that, that woman would have the heat up to like 82 in the winter. I don't even want to know what that heat bill was, okay? She had the area she would splurge in. My grandfather that wouldn't eat the apple off the tree and bought his clothes at Goodwill, he always drove a Lincoln Town car or Cadillac. I, that was his one area he splurged on. Now, his farm truck was about my age, and he drove it the, the, the whole time that, that he was alive. I mean, he just kept repainting it, putting new engines in it. But this one area he didn't sacrifice. So don't be looking around at other people saying, oh, you know, look at them. They're splurging there. They're splurging there. Uh, you know, in this, in this, it talks about people selling land and so on. Now, does that mean that if you own land, you need to go out and sell it? No, not unless God calls you to. Because you know what? That land could actually be a, a source of income that God could use to give others resources. I mean, that's what my grandfather did. So don't be looking around judging other people, but ask the Lord. Lord, what are some areas where you would have me to sacrifice? Maybe there's something that you don't need that you could sell or something that you're thinking about getting and the Lord's saying, you know, rather than getting the biggest and the best, you could settle for this. I don't know what it is, but what I'm saying is this. Ask the Lord. Don't just go out and make purchases. Ask the Lord. Why? Because it will open up opportunities for you to be able to bless others. Because I got news for you. Some of you are thinking, man, if I could just make about 10,000 more a year, I would have it made. No, you wouldn't. I've lived long enough. I don't care how much you make. There is a way to spend it and more, no matter how much. These people who, who are like, oh, if I just won the lottery, I would have it made. Look at the statistics. The majority of the people who win the lottery, within 10 years, it's gone. They're back in debt. Why? Because it's the way that they spend. So don't wait till you're like, oh, if I, once I get more money, then I'll be able to bless other people. Baloney. Right now. Right now, I don't care what your income is. 
There are people that you are able to bless. Maybe not in the same way as somebody else next to you, but you are able to bless some people. So, how would God call you to sacrifice? Start with that. Then look around. God, who would you have me bless? Maybe it's sending money to a ministry like that. Maybe it's somebody right here that you see a need and maybe nobody else knows about it, but you can help provide for it. Do that. Why? Because in the midst of it, the Lord's love and sacrifice is going to come through and it's going to change some lives. Not all lives. Some people are going to say no to it. But the lives that it changes, guess what? It's not even going to stop with them. It's going to keep going on. You are able to start something that even after you're long gone, it continues on. Because that's what's happening in my life. Two of the people that I talked about, they're long gone. Guess what? What they did in their life is living through me. And it's causing me to say, I want to keep doing that. Don't let it stop with you. Jesus loved you when you were unlovable. He died for you when you were rebelling against him. Do not stop that. Don't let the enemy convince you. Continue to love and watch what God does through you. Lord, thank you that you didn't wait for us to start loving you to love us because it never would have happened. You loved us even when we rejected you. And even when we did it over and over again, you continued to come after us and you continue to do it still. Lord, I pray that we would just surrender and trust you and say yes to you, um, Lord, and, and just watch what happens. It's not all going to be good. It's going to be trying. There are going to be people that walk on us, Lord, and that's going to be hard. But Lord, you've shown us that it's worth it. For all the thousands that have rejected you, for those who've said yes to you, Lord, it's worth it. May we walk that out as well. In Jesus' name, amen.